Kia ora koutou, this is Sam Scott from the Phoenix Foundation and this is a sound purchase. Right, Stefan. Jake. Hello. Hello there. Hello there. Uh, General uh, Stefan. Man. Sorry, my brain's not in it today. I'm not. I'm probably not going to be very good with uh, setups and cues and things, so don't even bother. My brain is just not there. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> with the power of post-production, we can get through this. <laughs> and when I say the power of post-production, Robbie, I mean don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just leave it exactly as it is. Hello there. Hello there. Here we go. Indeed. Uh, good to see you, Ewan. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Hello there. <laughs> You've already said that, mate. Uh, all right. So you need to make like a full-on soundboard of him now so that we can pretend Ewan McGregor's a third member of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen the trailer for... For Kenobi, no. Oh, we talked about that in the card, for it. Yeah, we talked about it. I saw a bit of it. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Guess yeah. what? More Tatooine. Great, thanks. <laughs> great, great. That's really, what I wanted more Skywalker saga. I need to start calling you Tatooine, just Anakin, because you hate sand. <laughs> oh, I don't mind sand. It's just like fucking Tatooine. How good would it be if we went back to Hoth, though? Exactly, fucking Hoth. <laughs> Come on, do something with Hoth. Dagobah, you know. I mean, we'll probably go to Dagobah. Endor, somewhere completely new that we've not had before. That'd be cool. That'd be you can do a cool, interesting thing that you can just make up as you go along because it's a new thing. Oh, we did that with um, like crate in the Last Jedi, and then everybody's like, oh, oh, yuck. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? There, there was moments. There were some really cool moments in that, but it was a bit hit and miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, um, hit and miss. I saw Spider Man recently. What the new Spider Man? Yeah, Spider. Too many Spider Mans. Spider Man Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man Man. Yeah, I was not that impressed. I mean, it was good. I, I think it was more just for the memes of them pointing at each other and them being weirded out by Tobey Maguire being Tobey Maguire and yeah, you know, like, it was good, but it, I just. My thing, and the kids at school didn't understand this, I was like, Into the Spider-Verse was probably the most perfect film I've seen in the last 10 years. And this No Way Home or whatever it was just felt like a not a cheap copy because they, they sunk some cashola into that. They, they paid a lot of cash for that one. doing the memes. You oh, know? He, he said did the come line. out with that and I instantly thought of you. I burst into laughter. Is, I instantly... He said it? <laughs> yeah. Doctor Octopus was there doing the Doctor Octopus. Oh, he he was pretty cool. I got to admit, it was it was kind of cool to see the old guys, so on. But I just yeah. No, he had a bad. He has a bad back now. Old Toby, you know, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, the other big news is that as you can all see behind Stefan on mm. uh, his video feed, he's got he's got some new guitars, some new toys. Yes. We had went down to Anderton's yeah. and spent six hours in there. Something like Not that. Not quite. Five five hours? Must have been about five hours, but then there was a good two-hour trip there and a two-hour trip back. Yeah, on top of that sort as well, of thing. yeah. So we, we were out for a good nine hours. It's good, though. Stefan had never been before. I'd never been. Was, no. Uh, no. It goes back. It always. does. <laughs> it really does go back. And, uh, I, I mean, there was no Danish Pete there. Well, it was Sunday. Well, so, the problem was, you know. is I went in specifically to get this nice Jazzmaster. I've been viewing it all week online. It was available all week. I got there, it wasn't available anymore. 
Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, I have a look at this Jazzmaster instead. And then when we're paying for the Jazzmaster at the end, <laughs> yeah. I see the other Jazzmaster back on the wall and I was like, hold on. Oh, it was the other Jazzmaster in a different color. It was in I like an olive green. Paying. Yeah. I, I wandered off because I was bored. Yeah. And uh, I was like, huh. Oh. Should probably tell them that they've got this. Uh, probably a bit late now, but uh... I genuinely thought about like stopping the whole transaction and going. What and uh, can we saying... can we try that one out? <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, the guy took like an hour to ring us up. It was nice guy, great customer service. Oh yeah, yeah, fantastic! Yeah. Like nothing was too much trouble. Probably because they knew that we were, or well, you were locked into spending quite a bit of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, the yeah. trading stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know. Yeah. So, good stuff, good stuff. All right, well, should we crack on? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to just do this for a couple of hours if you want, just uh, shoot the shit. I see, I was thinking know. about us doing this as like a bonus pod where we just we just chat. Why not? Yeah. Why not? We could do that at some point. But not now. Now no. we are here to talk about an album. Mm. And what an album it is, people. It is... Uh, Billy Mays here with another fantastic product. I'm so glad you've saved that sting. Um, today, we are talking about possibly America's second most famous musical family. The Brady Bunch. The Brady, yes, that's right, the Brady Bunch. Yeah. The Osmonds. We talk about the Osmonds. Mm. Was he second only to the Jacksons in terms of big musical families, I would say, in the States? Today, we are talking about the Osmonds. We are talking about... Their 1972 release, Crazy Horses. Not to be confused with Neil Young. Not to be confused with Neil Young and Crazy Horse. I listened to a lot of Neil Young recently. So good. Find anyone else with a career that long that's been as consistently not unlistenable. Bruce Springsteen. Okay, right right off the bat, you've fallen at the first hurdle. Um <laughs> I was going to say Paul McCartney, but, you know, McCartney too, temporary secretary. McCartney too. <laughs> Straight away. It's just like a work of genius. Yeah, but what about everybody's, everybody's favourite? They probably have been going probably about the same length of time, haven't they? Probably longer? No, they can't have been going for longer. I think 69, the first album came out. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, the Osmonds. Let's let's talk the Osmonds. So yes. they were, as we've said, a musical family formed in the 60s as a barbershop quartet consisting of brothers Alan, Wayne, Merrill and Jay. Merrill. Merrill. Uh, later joined by their younger siblings, Donnie and Jimmy, who both went on to be fairly successful. So, I mean, who's not heard of Donnie Osmond, right? Uh, my come wife, on, for one, come on. I couldn't believe it. She'd been living under a rock. Yeah, What's, apparently. Who's not heard of Donny Osmond? I know. I was playing the songs and she's like, huh? What? Let's get down to business. Even if you've never listened to Donny Osmond, you know who Donny Osmond is. Yeah. It's like you know who Donovan is. Even if you've never <laughs> listened to any Donovan, you know who Donovan is. Hello, yellow. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I can tell you another person in my family that's very sure who Donny Osmond is. I don't know if this is second cousin or whatever it is, but basically my dad's cousin mm-hmm. is like wannabe president of the Donny Osmond fan club, yeah. right? <laughs> to the point where she's met him, I don't know how many times, at meet and greets and stuff. She's never missed a tour since 
I can't wow. tell you when. That's that's crazy. Proper proper crazy for it. And yeah, wow. unlike me, when I met my hero, Peter Gabriel, and asked him if he was a sellout, unintentionally, mind you, if you want to know all about that, that's on previous episodes. I don't know if we need to rehash it, but I kind of nervously stumbled across my question and it just came out in pieces like sellout. And um, <laughs> so she met her idol, Donnie Osmond, and yeah. apparently she just fell to her knees and started sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> Which I got to admire the dedication there, really. Yeah. That's that's dedication to the cause, absolutely. That, that's so. like, I don't think I'd do that for Peter Gabriel, so I must not be that kind of fan. There's no doubt in my mind that she's yeah, absolute super fan of yeah. Donnie Osmond. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But there you go. That says everything, really. They they were teen idols. Yeah. They were sort of like, right, we're a record label. We need an answer to the Jackson 5. Here they are. It's the Osmonds. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, yeah. And so they were very much bubblegum kind of teeny bop pop stuff. But it's not cool to like the Osmonds, right? It's just not. Because the whole idea behind it is it's all bubblegum pop is very corporate. There's no kind of soul to any of it really is there. And it, and it doesn't have to be, you know, songs are allowed to just be mindless fun. But at the same time, it's like, it's not cool. Yeah, I'm with you on that, yeah. And then basically what happened was they came out with an album called Phase Free, which was then kind of going, oh, we want a bit more control here, we want to go a little bit more into our own direction and do our thing. And so they did, and they did that, and it was a bit more rocking, and there's, that led into Crazy Horses, which was very much a case of, right, we are just doing our own thing, and the record label was quite... Uh, reluctant to release it but it it was kind of what cemented them outside of the states to be honest with you it was the album did phenomenally well in UK and Europe when I've mentioned I'm doing this you know to some people they're like they know the song Crazy Horses it's, it was a massive success Crazy Horses the song but people just didn't seem to realise that the whole album was well like that well not like that but it was it wasn't that teeny Bob Osmond's yeah. thing and neither did I. So once again, going back to Anderton's, I have to say thank you to Captain Lee Anderton and Paul Gilbert for making this episode happen. Uh-huh. Uh, so they were interviewing Paul Gilbert. Apparently he was saying like when he was growing up, he didn't have this massive collection of music, but what he did have was this Osmond's record. And uh-huh. uh, the captain just straight away is just like crazy horses. And Paul Gilbert's like, yeah! And they're like just going on about how great this, this record was. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so that's when I checked it out. I was like, this is one of Paul Gilbert's favourite records, is it? Okay, right, let's listen to that then. Oh my Um, God. The Osmonds. And then not long after that, a channel called Art of Guitar, he did a video on it as well because he'd seen that same interview. Then he'd gone back and listened to it and he was like, my God, it's really good. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) fair, fair, fair play. So the album, the album, the album, the album was produced by Alan Osmond and Michael Lloyd. Know much about Michael Lloyd? No, sir. Brother of Christopher, of course. Yeah, absolutely, yes, yeah. yes. He done a fair bit of production over the years. He's worked with a couple of teen idol pop stars, so we'll see the Osmonds, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Cassidy. He supervised the music for the soundtrack of Dirty Dancing. Oh, okay. Including production of the hit I've Had the Time of My Life. Yep, of course. He's worked with Belinda Carlisle uh, and Barry Manilow, you know. He's earned over 100 gold and platinum records. Yeah. So, Wowzers. very impressive. Yeah. And then there's Alan Osmond, 
who, of course, is a member of the Osmonds. <laughs> is that is that Papa Osmond? No, he's one of the brothers. Oh, okay. Yes, Alan, Wayne, Merrill, and Jay, and Donnie. Right. I can only ever remember Donnie and now Merrill. Well, I, eventually, after a while, when, when Donnie had grown up a little bit and his voice had settled, because he didn't sing much on this album because he was, no. his voice was changing a lot. But um, they started the, the kind of family and the producers started focusing more on Donnie and his sister Maria. Yep. So they were sort of like the two that were very heavily pushed. And subsequently now very heavily plastic as well. Hey. hey yes. So it's described as hard rock album. I just I can kind of see at the time it was very in keeping with bands like like Led Zeppelin. There's some deep purple elements in there, mm-hmm. there's some T-Rex. But you can see a lot of influence from like the British invasion. So there's a lot Beatles. of Beatles coming Tons through. Tons of Beatles, yeah. Like, I don't know if it was meant as an imitation or if that's just what they were listening to a lot and that's what they wanted to do. But it's good. I wouldn't say you know. imitation, but I reckon it's definitely like they're listening to it and want to create songs like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've all you know listened to an album or something and gone, I really want to make something like that. And you sit down and you make a couple of songs like that and... That's how people are influenced. That's that's what happens. And that's what I keep telling my GCSE students with their compositions, <laughs> you know. Pick a song and try and recreate it, basically, and then make it your own. That's exactly why, like, when I was at college, something one of the tutors said was, if you want to write a song in the style of a band, sit down, listen to an album, go away for an hour, and then just try and work out how to play some of the songs off memory. You'll come up with something that's similar not quite the same. That's amazing. And yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah. Like just try and do some of the riffs or something. And as you're working it out, you will come up with your own riff that sounds like that riff, but not that riff. Unless you've got a phenomenal ear in memory, in which case you'll just come up with the riff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, that's not going to work for everyone. No. You know, it's a good exercise to try out, you know. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, yes, so... It's been cited as uh, number 66 in the 500 best heavy metal albums in the universe, and I feel that's a bit of a stretch. That's a Uh, huge stretch. That's a massive stretch. (laughs) Yeah, I think... um, Come on, Chuck Eddie, sort your your shit out. That's that's not right. No. So most of the songs were written by Alan Osmond, Meryl Osmond, and Wayne Osmond. There are a couple of exceptions where it was just one of them or just two of them but it was more or less completely written by the Osmonds, which is really cool, actually. You know, it's not something that you'd have expected from the Osmonds at the time. And it's actually really cool that the label would let them have that much creative control. Typically, that's not something you'd get from, you know, these teen idol bands. It's like, right, here's what you're playing. But yeah, so I, I don't really have a lot of history with this album. As I say, it's all from, from that. I've never really listened to the Osmonds because, as I've said before, it's not, really the done thing. I have listened to a couple of other like Osmonds, like earlier Osmond stuff and uh, it's not cool. <laughs> yeah. PG's yeah. light. Yeah, yeah. If you could even get more light than the BGs. Yeah, somehow they managed it. Yeah. You know. Have you got much to say about this one, Stefan? Um, yeah, so my introduction to the Osmonds didn't actually come from my dad's cousin, but it came from doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat when I was in year eight. <laughs> okay, all right, I see where this is going. Yeah, because obviously uh, Donny Osmond 
in the film version plays Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't decide whether he was handsome or not. You know, <laughs> that was the problem. Because I I mean he's he's got a great voice. You can't deny mm. it. He's he's a great singer. But he's aged weirdly. Yeah. And I think I say he's probably definitely had some uh some work done, hasn't oh, he? But uh, for definite. Trying to keep the boyish good looks and it's just made him look Yeah. Odd. Like a <laughs> stranger Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, I feel that's fair. It's harsh to try and criticize, uh, you know, to criticize someone on their appearance, but you've got to remember he's chosen this appearance. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, as far as I'm concerned, all gloves are off. Yeah. So I'd never actually heard any of their music other than one of their popular songs, and he's like way prebubescent in that. Mm, it is yeah. like, it is the Jackson 5 light. Yeah. Yeah. For you sure. Know. So. For me, I, I came into this very negatively, kicking and screaming. When I told you and your dad at that pub that I'd added it to the list. Yeah. yeah exactly. You were both just like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. yeah, pretty much, pretty much that. But I've I got to give it to you. After Ween, you know, I've got to come in with an open mind. You know, every time. I, you've barely let me down. I think Scott too was a bit of a letdown, but other than that, that's fair. So I came into this not really knowing what to expect. I just I just can't put my finger on it with this album. Like there are moments where it's like, oh my God, this is the Osmonds. This is this is incredible. And then there's moments of just going, Yeah, oh my God, this is the Osmonds. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'd say that the former outweighs the latter, but I definitely agree that yeah. there are moments where it's a bit like oh, Okay, well, um, should we have a listen? Let's do it.
Track one, Hold Her Tight. Oh, oh, what an opener. <laughs> so I could not have been more surprised when I put this, like when I put this on for the first time and that came in, proper immigrant song kind of thing. <laughs> that was my first note. First note, straight away. It's like, it's like, oh, so cool. Yeah. But then it's got that really cheesy wild talk box thing like the harmony and at first I was like oh I'm not sure I'm not sure it's like actually no that's really cool yeah that's really cool I like it I like it yeah (laughs) builds up really nicely it just sounds great and it is cheesy but it's perfect like if you played that line just on a normal like distorted guitar or something it would be weak that would be a weak ass line but with the wah talk box thing. Mm. Oh. Oh. But the thing is as well is that we've we've got the benefit of hindsight. Mm. And I'm sure at the time in 1972 this was a bit kind of like hold the phone, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. The nice part for me is that Unlike Justified and so on, they're not relying on <laughs> the gimmicks, if that makes sense. It's no, actually no. the music that's doing the talking. Yeah, it, it's very much. Here. Yeah. Absolutely. You can tell that this is just, they were like, wait, we're just fucking rocking out. We're having yeah. a great time. Yeah. It feels genuine. And not not because, you know, I want to shed my prebubescent image. No, no, not my, at all. My goody good image. It's, I think, they still managed to tread that line where they keep that intact whilst also destroying it. Yeah, it, it's really odd. Verse is just more of that immigrant song, like really kind of consistent pounding through. Proper Osmond-style lyrics though, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, some of the lyrics aren't fantastic. Like they're very teeny boppy and bubblegummy and just not great. No. But it's sung with conviction. Again, musically, very convincing, but the lyrics are what lets the entire album down. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. The lyrics are definitely weren't the weakest point on this album. Yeah. And it's like, you can't completely escape your teeny bop heritage, can you? And, and you know, you've spent so many years doing that. That's what you're going to come up with. You just, you know, it's very hard to just break out into something and do a complete change. Plus, you know, people buying Osmond, they want to appease the existing fans, right? So they want to keep some Osmondy stuff in there. Well, that would be the smart move, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of feel, though, like the reason that I don't like the lyrics and I don't kind of vibe with the lyrics as much is because they just don't come across as overly genuine. You know, they really come across as those those lyrics that we wrote when we were 12 years old. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But well, to be fair, Donnie probably was about 12 years old, wasn't he? Something like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. It's a recurring thing. The lyrics, not great. Second half of the verse, you get some nice little accentuations with that second guitar, that kind of thing. Let me tell you something. Here's the way it goes. There's a way. Pretty snazzy. Chorus, horns, they kept the the horns, like yeah. the, the Osmond's horn section, which I was trying to think of how to describe it. And I rewatched that art guitar video and he said it perfectly. It's like they've got Elvis's horn section in. 
I'll do for the top, and it just sounds mm. fantastic. Well, and that again, that was another thing for me was that just the orchestration is a bit too much. Like there's there's really that Phil Spector wall of sound sort of thing happening. Mm. Now that was the Vogue thing at the time. That well, was... it was definitely in the spirit of the time. I just feel like if it had just been them jamming out, it would have been a bit better. I feel like the horns do add something though. Oh, the horns do, but not when they get to the strings and yeah, everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think when the horns come, it kind of, that actual whole section feels a bit T-Rex. Mm. But yeah, the B section of the chorus, I think, is what you're referring to, where it all goes a bit too, once again, a bit too poppy and just a bit too... Yeah. Yeah, probably the weakest section of the whole song is the B section of the chorus to me. The song's not lesser for having it per se, but it's still the weakest bit of the song. Yeah. Harmony riff, again. Ah, ah, love it. Cut and paste, first chorus. These are all quite short songs, which is great. It's me listening through to it two or three times. uh, Absolute doddle. Yeah. After the second chorus, it goes into that cool little line where it's initially just the guitar, bass and drums, that kind of line. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just brings them all back in eventually with the voice kind of fading and... I do like is there's a lot of good shouting and screaming on this album. Yep. There's some very good vocalization. Say, once again, lyrics, poor, performance, great. Yeah, yeah. They got the um the sonic scream. Absolutely. Not the sonic Nailed. boom, but the sonic scream. Yeah. In fact, the last chorus, they really go nuts with the vocalizations. The guitar solo comes in just as it fades out. Yep. Oh, we've both talked about this before. We both love that sort of thing. All in all, powerful opener, not the best opener, obviously. But um Good opener. Yeah. I've got Low Hanging Fruit, obviously, the immigrant song. Mm-hmm. The talk box is amazing. Massive chorus, and it's a pretty strong opening song. Because it's great. It's what an opener. Oh, yeah. Big time. I say, like, I can just imagine, like, if you were an Osmonds fan, you buy their latest record, you put it on. It's like, oh my God. Imagine if you're, a, <laughs> yeah, you're like a 12 year old girl <laughs> yeah. and you want Teeny Bopper Donny. You know, professing his love for you, and instead you dum ba da dum ba dum ba da dum. Yeah, love it. Well, track two, Utah. Obviously, the Osmonds famously from Utah. And um, bands from Utah aren't like California. They don't have to put it into every single song, but every once in a while, they like to they like to mention it. You know, though, well, they are probably Utah's finest export. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah, yeah. You know what else? What else do you get in Utah? Uh, you get the. Still, or stupidly named basketball team, the Utah Jazz. I know what you get in Utah. Mormons. That's their biggest export, surely. 
Well, yeah, but these are the poster boys of the Mormon Church, right? Oh, yeah, this is true. They, they, we won't get into this. We're not, we're not a religion, not religious a political, or political podcast. podcast. No. Hello. Anyway, back to the point. Find me a band from California that hasn't made a song about being from California on each album, and I will, I will point out a band that has basically moved to California from a different state. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, once again. Pretty T-Rex vibe going on with this one, I think. Oh, no, um, no that's interesting. I got uh, Beatles and Hollies mainly. Long, cool woman with a black dress. It was that sort of oh, era, Hollies. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's fair. Well, I mean, like T-Rex were very big, inspired by that sort of thing, weren't yeah, they? True. So they they had that whole classic rock thing going on. And yeah, it is like an absolutely the classic rock and roll guitar line, isn't it? This could have been status quo. Could have written this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't have been surprised. Stay, uh, don't get me started on status quo. <laughs> <laughs> Every year I see an updated photo. The ponytail gets longer, but the hairline gets further back. <laughs> it's like someone's yanking the ponytail and it's actually ripping the hairline back. <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe they Maybe are. Maybe they are, yeah. Once again, this is let down by the vocals. They're just a bit... Pff. Horns in the chorus again. Mm-hmm. Or at least in the first chorus. They After that, they actually come in throughout the verse as well and do a thing. I don't really have a lot to say about this one, to be honest with you. It's solo's decent. Yep. They almost cock it up with in the same way that the Sonics did by having the claps be overpowering, but then they rein it in. They rein it in, they don't let them ruin a good song. Yeah, just another fade-out ending. But now it's the sax that kind of goes nuts towards the end instead of the uh, guitar. Right. And that's sort of it. There's, There's not really a lot to say. It's a classic rock and roll. Yeah, I mean... It reminds me of another song, but it's one of those annoying ones where I can't think of what the other song is. Um, uh, bang a gong. No, no, no. It's not not anything like that. There's there's a phrase I think in the vocals in the chorus, and I hear the melody, and it's like, oh my god, I've heard that before somewhere. You know, you Off know when up. you get one of those little kind of. It's not really an earworm. That's not. But you get this thing, and it's like you've you've definitely heard it before somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah other fair. than that, obviously, home of the, the Church of the Latter Day Saints, Utah, which is obviously the Mormon religion, which I find kind of oddly fascinating. And I think that fascination actually comes from uh, one of the people from the previous episode. I'm sorry. How dare you fail to recognize my greatest accomplishment to date? What, you finally nailed YYZ? It's Zed and no, Neil Peart stands alone. <laughs> in uh, in his book, in, in one of his books, I can't even remember which one it is, he does talk about just becoming really fascinated with the Mormon faith. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's basically the idea is a man in America was talking directly to God. So, what the basic 
idea of it is that Jesus at some point went over to the Americas and he left some gold tablets behind. And yes, God spoke to a chap called Joseph Smith. Yeah showed him where these tablets were. But Joseph Smith was not allowed to show anyone else these tablets. Just for the younger people in the audience, we're not talking about iPads. <laughs> no. No, but a gold and iPad would be bitching. <laughs> now, most of my understanding of this does come from that one episode of South Park about Mormons. Uh, so <laughs> take this all with a pinch of salt, eh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got the golden But... Um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then they send people out into the world to tell people about how Jesus came to America. It's like, why would anyone outside of America care about that? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. You know, looking from the outside in, I'm sure it's. Uh, I'm sure it sure all... makes plenty of sense. Yeah. And then I, I feel there's a lot of backwards views towards society, societal hierarchies, and things like that. But right. hey, this is all hearsay. And whatever floats your boat, you know. Uh, water is water floats my boat. Is it? Anyway, track three. We're entering Beatles Town here uh, on track three. Girl. I'm glad that you say that, yeah. It's more akin to their, their more silly, sort of upbeat, light-hearted... Um, Ringo songs. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe not quite a Ringo song, but it's definitely like a Ringo song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the, that like piano sound. Yeah, the, the kind of honky-tonk. Yeah, the honky-tonk piano. That I mean, The drums are incredibly Ringo. Yeah. Papa himself could not have done, you know... This is probably... Like, I don't know if he's heard this album, but I can imagine he would love the drums on it. <laughs> You've done it now. I've got really kind of nice that muted bass sound and things, but we'll get to that in a moment. I really like how the crowd talking just kind of cuts in at the end of the... Is it a verse? Not the end of the chorus? It's kind of... Everything's so short, it's hard to tell what's a verse, what's a Mm. turnaround, what's a chorus. Yeah. But yeah, I really like it and how it all kind of is just silenced by him going... Yeah. I just think it's a nice bit of production. It's a bit tacky, once again, but, you know, what's wrong with a little bit of dramatic flair, some theatre in my albums? Yeah, what's wrong with tacky, you know? No, nothing really. It depends. Sometimes this rock and roll business can get a bit too serial. Exactly. Yeah. I really like the acoustic when it comes in as well, those little lines, those little descending lines. It just kind of adds another whimsical thing to it, doesn't it? Whimsical, absolutely. Don't talk to me about acoustic guitars. Okay? I thought I thought I'd made myself very clear after the stereophonics episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can only apologize. I can only apologize. Yeah. Good. Um, Good. It does have my favorite style of bass line as well. Like, boom, 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 boom. I don't 
don't know why people feel the need to play other styles of bass because that is the perfect bass line. Yeah. It improves any any song you care to put it under. As I think Weird Al has proven with his Polka series, oh, yeah. there is not a song you can't improve with that Polka-style bass line. And once again, it's got that great muted tone. Second verse, the harmonies, those oohs. Oh, perfect. There's only a few. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, they're a family band, man. Family bands get the good harmonies going. Yeah. It was actually, it was in the middle eight of this one as well. I've already mentioned the drums, but that's where I just sort of noticed just how great they sound. It's also where I kind of went, this could have just been a Beatles cover. Like, I've not listened to the entire Beatles back catalogue, but that middle eight, if you just played that bit to me and said, that's a Beatles song, I'd be like, yeah, that's a Beatles song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, after that, crowd's back again, they go all raucous, they were having some good times, they're shouting out, and would you believe that it fades out again? I'm sensing a trend. I'm sensing a bit of a trend, I yeah. think. I think they were very influenced by the Bee Gees in that respect. It's like, well, we knew that they were influenced by the Bee Gees beforehand. Yeah. Exactly. But why finish a song when you can just not? Yeah, exactly. So every time he says girl, I keep mm. hearing, you'll be a woman soon, by the <laughs> uh, urge overkill. I, I just, I can't help it. And I know that it, he's not just going, girl. There's a kind of, they're doing a different thing, but I just can't help it. Each time he says it, that's what I'm hearing. Um, I am not keen on the halftime kind of groove of the bridge. No? No, that that throws me out because I enjoy the ploddy groove. I like it just plodding along as it does. I mean, you're wrong, but fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Each their own. But, you know, sometimes general agree just strikes and it's, you know, the halftime bridge is just one of those things where it's like, it is so done. It's so cliche. I don't, eh. I mean, I'd agree if it was just the same thing but halftime, but the fact that they kind of change up the rhythm and melody and stuff as well. I'm not talking about the melody, I'm just talking about the groove. Oh, yeah, but, you know, groove's overrated. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Somewhere in the world, Jack Turnbull just twitched. Now, Ferd is out on love. Right. Right. He's right. Let's talk about some music. <laughs> uh, you got much else to say about track three? Uh, you'll be a woman soon, for sure. Um, no, just just Beatles, basically. I Beatles, can, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that note carries over into the next track, track four, What Could It Be? Because we are staying in Beatles territory. But um, we've moved out of Ringo Town. I could do you one better. Well, I was going to say, is this one, obviously we've moved out of Ringo Town. I used to think this is still very Beatles, but I couldn't make up my mind whether or not it was more of a Paul or a John. Um, Neither. What 
fantastic bass line in the chorus, I think. Great guitar kind of stab, stabby slide things. I don't know what the technical name for that is, but it's a stab slide. Stab slide works perfectly yeah. well for me. I like that. Proper good vocal melody. Like, I, I love it. I think it's just that classic, well, Paul McCartney style thing really, isn't it? I haven't put that in my notes, but thinking about it, it's, it is. Okay. Um, they've gone back for the strings. I don't think it's too over the top in this one. I think it actually sits quite nicely. General Egregious is still in the last song, so... Yeah, so I think the strings are in a good place in the mix and they poke up towards the end yeah. and it just kind of hits the right spots of the vocals. Verse is fine, mm-hmm. right? It's fine, it's a slow piano thing. Basically, the verse is there to go in between the good choruses because you can't have a song that is just one three-minute chorus. You've got to build up the tension before the release. Yeah, yeah. So once, you know, something like Hey Jude, sure, once you get to a chorus, you can then keep it going for 10, 15 (laughs) hours, you know. (laughs) But you have to have a verse in there somewhere. You've got to have the payoff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you've got to have the kind of middling to, yes, fine verse for the the great chorus. Exactly. And this one actually has a proper ending. I think this Uh, is the first one with a proper ending. Impossible. It's got a big, long, drawn-out note it's just satisfying conclusion. Mm. It's lovely. And that's it. That's all I've got to say. Okay. So this song is Beatles adjacent. Wings. <laughs> the band the Beatles could have been. Neither the Travelling Wilburys, but actually it's the true inspiration for Don't Look Back in Anger. Oh, you think? Yeah. That's all I can hear. Really interesting rhythms in the bass, especially. Mm, I say, especially in that chorus. Yeah, massive chorus. BVs are super solid in this. Like, this is where I really start to notice the BVs. Yeah, that's very true. That's yep. some fantastic. Uh, and it's a, just a, it's a massive ending. It's a really big ending. Very kind of cinematic feel to it, isn't it? That's going to be a cliche term, but I realise I was just nodding, but yeah. we all fall down. Now, that intro riff, yep, bit proggy, yep. really, isn't it? Yep. Very proggy. But it also reminds me of like a children's cartoon from the 70s. Not a specific one, but it's like, that definitely could have been like the intro to a children's cartoon in the 70s. Something like Rhubarb and Custard. Beetletown. That's gone. We're yeah. done with that for now. Or are we just at Sergeant Pepper's era? Well, kind of, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah, actually. It's got that very staccato vamp sort of thing going on. Yep. A couple of extra chords thrown in for the turnaround of the phrase, but um, I can't read my note here because I've made a massive typo and I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying. 
We'll read it out with a typo. The listeners can guess and they can send in what they think you're trying to say. <laughs> well, is this going to be like our version of Wordle? Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jekyll. <laughs> oh man, there's so many of those that I'm doing now in the morning. I've got Wordle, Nerdle, which is like a maths problem one. Hurdle, where you get like snippets of a song and you have to guess after like one second. If you can't guess it, then you get two seconds. If you can't guess it, you get three seconds. So Hurdle. Oh, I like that. Worldle, where Worldle. you get an outline of a country and yep. you have to guess the country. Quirdle, which is four wordles at once. You get nine guesses. And the other one doesn't follow the naming convention. It's called Framed. And they show you a still image of a film. Yeah. And you have to guess the film. And I was very chuffed with myself. They had The Prestige was the one a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah? What, me. What's it called? Framed? Framed.wtf. You should get today's. Today's pretty easy. Um, I'm really interested in, in the uh, in the hurdle as well. Yeah, sometimes it's really good, and sometimes some of the intros are bullshit because it's just like, eh. and that's the oh. first second. It's just like oh, a non-sound. I know what that is. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yep. Yeah. Got red on you. Yeah. Anyway, we all fall down. It was the organ. It was something about there's like a really farty brass organ thing that swells, and there's an organ as well that swells in, and it's. It's there, exists. Yeah, the chorus is fine. It has more of the brass and, and a weird thing that I'm not really sure what it is <laughs> before it goes back into the riff. I'll find a clip just to play it, but it's I've no idea what it is doing that noise. Second verse has a cool sax line. I like the sax. Makes me cool. Nothing's cool. Mellotron, perhaps, in the bridge? It might be that real actual flute, but that's not as fun. So I'm going to say it's a Mellotron. And it fades out again. I'm feeling like we've listened to a, like a whole completely different song. What, and we all fall down? Yeah. Yeah, it's got like that fluty bit at the end. No, I, oh, well, I, I don't remember it. I've listened to it only a couple of times. But um, great opening, gritty vocals, great chorus. And some of the drums are slipping from swing into straight rhythms. Like, as in, when he goes to Phil, he has been swinging the beat, mm. but the fills are so very, very straight. Which is a choice, don't get me wrong. Like he could have been doing that on total purpose, and that's quite an interesting choice to make, but I kind of feel like it's a mistake. I didn't really notice it, so No, but you know you know me. I like to listen oh, yeah. into the drums. Like you like to listen into the bass. I'm I'm usually zoning in on drums. That's fair. Yeah. That's that's very fair. Yes. guessing it it's about getting it it's not about when you get it this is why people make all the mistakes you should give Quirdle a go which one's that one the four the four wordles with the nine guesses uh, that sounds that sounds way too much no it, that's what I thought yeah but it's pretty good at helping you to keep track of which letters go in which word and which ones are 
just completely not in any of the words and stuff. It's actually not too bad. I'm very keen for Hurdle and Framed. I think I'll be keeping those up. Fair Although enough. I feel like they've lured me in with Shaun of the Dead because that was too easy. Uh, well, yesterday was The Prestige and the day before was Night of the Living Dead, which I did get in one. I just want to say that because I'm fantastic. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have got that one. If they want to do like New Zealand films, I'd probably get that real, real good. <laughs> well, you never know. They might, they might throw in a Peter Jackson one. Or Taika Waititi. Yeah. The only two film directors, of course, in New oh, Zealand currently. No, 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 no. And uh, right, with Lee that, Tamahori. we're going on to track six. I said we're going on to track six, man. Don't have time for this. Roger Donaldson. <laughs> Donald Rogerson. Donald Rogerson. Uh, you know, Donald Northerson. Yeah. Jack Peterson. Jack Peterson. Um, exactly. Yeah. Jermaine Clement. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, right, track six. How do you love me? <laughs> I didn't, what's the point of this track? Just skip it. White limo syndrome, rubbish. Right, right. So, uh, that, <laughs> I don't know if you've got anything to add, but... Uh, I've put the token tender ballad... Cool. But this is the end of side one. And you know what that means. Um, time for side two. Can you please describe the giant wheel behind me, Jake? So you know the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, right? Yeah. You say he's, he's he's a big dude, right? He's a big guy. Well, he's he's tiny in the new one, though. No? Well, who gives a sh- no? That's that's the little Stay Puffed Marshmallow Men, the, the actual Gozer, the okay. Stay Puffed. Yeah, 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 yeah. My God, the new one. Do you know? I only watched Ghostbusters for I think either the first or second time the other day. Well, you did, yeah. Man, Ghostbusters one is great. Ghostbusters two is basically just Ghostbusters one, but not as good. And um, the new one is basically Ghostbusters 1, but not as good. (laughs) (laughs) But is it Ghostbusters 2 as well? I mean, it's, I'd say it's on par with Ghostbusters 2, but it's not the same as Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 had more evil paintings. Ghostbusters 1 had less Goza, but also somehow more Goza. And I, you know, Paul Rudd's in it. It's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, so we're going to try a game show, and if it doesn't work, Stefan's got a better one lined up. Okay. So, think of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, right? He's a big dude. 
Now imagine that instead of a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, he was Will, only bigger. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I have, keep having to get a new wheel because our yeah, friends of the show roster keeps growing. We got another one today. It was brilliant. I was, I was very pleased. I saw, yes. Yeah. I got my email notification. Oh, Cheers, good. mum. Good, good. So if you would like a chance for Jake or myself to win you in a sound purchase prize pack, which will include a CD out of our personal collection, head to a soundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S. That's asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S and sign up to become a friend of the show. It is completely free and you get oh so much. Bonus pods, blog posts, exclusive merch. Jake, have you seen the polo shirts? Wow, they look good. They are phenomenal. And of course, a spot on the now infamous wheel. Jake, let's give it a spin. Hmm. I, I didn't want to wake up the whole neighborhood. No, nah, that's that's, yeah. that's that's a big wheel. That's, that's that's probably a good shout. Plus, you know, the fact you managed to get that many spins out of it is actually quite physically, it's quite impressive. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, right. So today we are playing for our old mate Lee Fall. So Lee, depending on who actually plays the game, I mean, we're kind of doing two and one here, maybe, but. Whoever plays the game needs to get six or more correct. That's roughly the GCSE pass mark. And if that is the case, then you will be getting your sound purchase prize pack. But wait, there is more. Billy Mays here. If either one of us can run the gauntlet and get all all questions right, then you will also be receiving... Was it a mug we said, Jake, I think? I think it was a mug. Are we still doing a CD as well from our own personal oh, yeah. collection? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know what CD to do. A CD. Yeah. A mystery CD. Ooh, oh, yeah. It's going to be something completely unrelated to today. It's going to be me. Mogwise Mr. Beast. All oh, right. Let's okay. crack on. I was going to say Led Zeppelin <laughs> remasters. <laughs> that's not too, uh, that's that's not, not too yeah. far removed. Anyway, let's do that. Led Zeppelin remasters. Okay, cool. Okay, so if we can uh, run the gauntlet, then you will not only get the copy of Led Zeppelin remasters that my father brought down at the Lyle Bay warehouse in New Zealand, but you will also you will also get a mug that will have one of our faces at the bottom of it, just staring out at you if you drink your tea. Yeah. Like because because you're drinking your tea cold as well, so yeah. you know it's like it's really staring at you, like you you of shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there'll be another one at the bottom for staring at other people as you drink your tea. Yeah, and that one is literally saying, "Look at this. He's a. He's got cold tea. Yeah, what a shit. All right, <laughs> let's let's go. Let's go. Um, that got weird. So ten questions. Yep. Today we are playing Osmond or Allman. Osmond or Allman. There we go. If I say it like that without, uh, like I'm from Essex or something, without no consonants, no hard consonants. Osmond or Allman. Um, that, that wasn't me trying to do an Essex accent. I just want to put that out there. Okay. That's just me not emphasizing my hard vowels. Although, I mean, there's a joke here to be made that the only hard vowel in what I'm saying is the D, so something about a hard D somewhere in there. Ha, ha, ha. We're all children. Right. 
Okay. I've got the buzzers ready. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to give you a first name. I want you to tell me, is it an Osman or an Allman? There's going to be 10. You need to get six right for uh, for us to have ourselves a winner. Hot dog, we have a wiener. Less than six, you lose. And on 10, obviously, there's bonus prizes to be won, just like in Funhouse. It's a whole lot just of Just to clarify, though, this is not necessarily the Allman Brothers. It's the Allman Brothers band. Correct. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Otherwise, you'd be limited to, I believe, two of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> okay. Right. We're going to go in with a nice, easy one. Greg. Allman. Yay. Correct. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely perfect. I love it. Uh, I feel like this is kind of hard because we've already named all of the Osmonds. Uh, so. It's a test of whether I was listening. Because I yeah. did say that Meryl's really the only one I remember. Yeah, so as long as I don't say Meryl or Donnie, uh, yeah. we'll be all right. Wayne. Wayne Osmond. Correct. I believe... Smashing it. Thank Absolutely you. smashing it. Jay. Jay Osmond. Correct. Derek. <laughs> Wait, is this the updated Allman Brothers? I can't answer that question. <laughs> Allman Brothers. Oh, correct, yeah. I believe... This is the list of everyone who's ever been in the Allman Brothers. Oh, okay. So that was clearly Derek Trucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, making it too easy. Uh, I mean, was that four? Four for four. Four well for four so far, yeah. So we are going to go today with Johnny. Johnny Osmond has a really good rig to it. <laughs> Johnny Osmond. But I feel like it's an almond. Correct, it is an almond. I, believe... I sort of accepted Pastos but, um, for a bonus <laughs> point, but you know. I don't know if this is too easy. I feel like this might be too easy. George. Again, George Osmond kind of works, but I feel like it's an Allman brother. Oh, it was a, it was a, it was a sneaky one. It is an Osmond. Ah. <sighs> nice. But George Osmond is the dad. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I feel that's a bit cheaty, but... Sometimes we have to. Well, exactly. Exactly. Chuck. Allman. Yeah. I believe... See, in my head, there was a lot more Osmonds, and there's actually only... There's not anywhere near as many Osmonds as there are Allman brothers. No, bands. there's a lot of Allman brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, I was, I was anticipating that you were going to do, like... You know the original Allman Brothers. Oh no, no, I'm doing the 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 whole thing, yeah, the whole yeah. shebang. Twenty members over the years. Yeah, that's a lot of members. Compare that with the Osmonds. Well, there was nine children, so wow, they weren't all in the Osmonds. Okay, let's go with Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy Osmond. Correct. I believe. Mike. Mike Osmond? No. Well, so he must be on the last one now. 
Yeah, we are. David. So I've been waiting the whole game for you to say Butch or <laughs> Warren. I know. Or Donnie. Yeah, I didn't want to go for the really obvious ones like Dwayne. So of course I'm not going to go for Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why it worked out quite nicely. There was a Wayne Osmond, but uh, oh, okay. I think you got that one. I'm going to say Allman. Correct. I, believe. I feel that was too easy. Too easy for you. Let's do a quick count up there. Yeah? Hey kids, it's time for counting with Bruce Springsteen. Thank you, Bruce. I got hey. hey. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you want to do a quick, quick fire on my one? Let's do it. Okay. Hold on. Right. Just hold on. I'm gonna just ah. Oh, what do you know, Jake? You're playing for Yaz Cordy. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Big fan, Ooh. big fan of Silverchair is Yaz Cordy. Lovely. Yeah. Fine band. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. So we'll keep the same buzzers. Mm-hmm. The game is called Finn Family Band. Mainly because the Osmonds are indeed a family band. Cue the mm. We're a family band. Okay, so you need to you need to name the band that these siblings belong to. Okay. Uh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Hanson. <laughs> Not this time. Okay. This new wave band features two sets of brothers, Bob and Gerald, and Bob and Mark. New wave, you say? I say two brothers. Two mothers. Power, brothers. you say? <laughs> Well, I didn't say that, but <laughs> I, I need the name, please. You need the m- m- Bob and Mark, the Bob and Mark band. Uh, it's, uh, it's, oh, uh, there's a uh, uh, Devo. Uh... Beautiful. <laughs> one yeah. for one, one for one. Kim formed this band with her guitarist sister. Kim? Well, Kim Wilde. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Heart? <laughs> no, that was Kim Deal formed the Breeders. Oh, of course. Yeah. Number three. These two brothers set the world alight with their virtuosic band that also featured their last name. Is it the, is it the Allman Brothers? <laughs> that would have been a really good guess, actually, but no, it was Van Halen. Um... Okay, this band prominently featured two sisters, Anne and Nancy, but also featured their boyfriends, which also happened to be brothers. Anne and Nancy. Two brothers in the band with Anne and Nancy. I'll pass, I've no idea. Ooh, Barracuda. I don't know what that is. That was hard. Number five, these Scottish Aussie rockers originally featured three brothers, George, Malcolm, and Angus. Oh, good old Akduk. Akduk. I believe. Number six, Ray and Dave 
informed which British invasion outfit? Honestly, I don't actually know. Um, <laughs> uh, so as soon as you, you know, the thing is, as soon as you say Ray, it, my head just goes straight to Parker Junior. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now I can't get Ray Parker Junior out of my head. Well, okay. The brother's last name is also the same as one of their first names. Right, Dave, Dave, right, Ray, Ray, Dave. <laughs> Ray, Dave. No, oh, I've no idea. It was Ray Davies and Dave Davies mm-hmm. who formed the Kinks. Oh. And now now the questions start to get a bit crazy in terms of like I just I just stopped trying. But that's okay because you can claw it back now. Are you ready? No, not really. The okay. Osmonds, but with soul. <laughs> the, the Jacksons. <laughs> Okay, next next up. Alright. You are so beautiful. To me. The Beach Boys. I believe. How is Mike Love still alive? Like, <laughs> why, why hasn't someone just shot him yet? He's such a piece of shit. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. But he wears his gloves and his little hat. <laughs> um this one is uh intergenerational, but it originally featured Two brothers. Okay, so it's crowded house. No. Oh, okay. It's not. No, no, no. You got to, you got to hear me out, right? So originally featured two brothers, but the drummer's nephew eventually joined when he was thirteen to replace one of the original deceased brothers. Drummer's nephew joined when he was thirteen. Brothers, nephew, brothers, nephew. And it's not Crowded House. It's not Crowded House. It's not Crowded House. It's not ACDC again, is it? <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, no. um, Technically, that's, that is correct. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> but we've already had actor. I don't know, actually. Lay it on me. Lay some facts on me. You're going to kick yourself. I, I won't. It's the Allman Brothers. Ah. It's Derek Trucks. His uncle was Butch Trucks, the drummer. I see, yeah, yeah. Yep. Lastly, the ultimate, the ultimate gimme. Is Hanson. No, that okay, that would have been the real ultimate gimme. Is it Kings of Leon? That would have been even better, but no. Is it Radiohead? No. The ultimate gimme, the brothers, ellipsis. Oh, I don't fucking know. It'll be... No, I don't know. Well, I guess we could say that was a real tragedy. Oh, right. The BGs. The Brothers Gib. That's why I didn't get it. That's why I didn't get it, because who the fuck calls them the Brothers Gib? We did for like an entire episode. Yeah, as a thing, but like that was long ago, and I don't remember that. I guess we're just not as besties as we thought. I think your brain just works weird. (laughs) (laughs) But there's no doubting that. But, you know, that's kind of part of the charm. Well, the moral is that um, if you're a family band, you're probably bad. I don't know. Two brothers in a van, and then a meteor hit. And they ran as fast as they could from giant cat monsters. And then a giant tornado came. And that's when things got knocked into 12th gear. 
a Mexican armada shows up with weapons made from tomatoes. And you better bet your bottom dollar that these two brothers know how to handle business. In Alien Invasion Tomato Monster Mexican Armada Brothers, who are just regular brothers running in a van from an asteroid and all sorts of things, the movie. Hold on, there's more. Track seven, Crazy Horses. This is what we're here for. This is why you come to this album. Yep. This is why you've heard of this album and possibly the Osmonds tool. What an intro. Yeah. It's very spinal tap, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Like the drums are like that tribal metal thing that they like to do. Yes. And that cool, that, wah, oh, wah. that is Donny on a Yamaha YC30, I think it was, or something like that. And it's got one of those pitch things that you can move across the keyboard and, and wobble it to make it do a thing. That, into a wah-wah, into a room filled with martial lamps that were cranked so loud that they, they couldn't stand in the room with them going. A room filled with martial lamps? Yeah, cranked. Wow. So loud that they could not stand in the room. And that is what they used to get that sound, apparently. <laughs> and they couldn't simplify that at all? Well, apparently that was kind of key to making it sound good on the record, was just have it absolutely cranked with a wah, a cocked wah, and then fucking just go to town on this uh, pitch thing. Fair enough. You know, it's like the pitch ribbon, that's what it's called. The verse is really groovy. It's like got a real deep purple vibe to it. You yeah. Know? There's a message to Especially with like the vocals doing their thing. I forget which one it was. I think it was Jay who sang on this one. No. One of them who didn't normally do much singing, or at least none of his singing was ever super successful. This was like his most successful main singing song. Well, you mean Kelly Jones, of course, in the in the pre-chorus. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Kelly Jones yeah. in the pre-chorus. The uncredited yeah. cameo. Yeah, absolutely. Horns are still in here, doing their thing. And saying, I'm not sure who does the second bit of vocals in the verse. Has got like a proper hair metal vocal thing going on, hasn't they? When yeah. it goes into that like higher vocal. It's really cool. As is the big scream at the end of it going into the uh into the chorus. It's a quite a political song, really. It's about like pollution and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say it's like, about really like, ahead of its time. Change, it's about it? climate change. Yeah, it's like in '72. It's like yeah, all these cars spitting out all this crap into the air. That's that's not good. No, the crazy horses refers to cars in this instance. Yes, yeah. and it's like that's actually really cool. Like, <laughs> could have done a bit more of a a tighter metaphor than that, but yeah. Yeah, but you know, for the Osmonds, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> They're not talking about bubblegum pop love anymore. I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, the chorus, the riff stays the same, but you've got those gang vocals, crazy horses, oh, wah, oh, yep. wah. It's 
got a really cool guitar solo. I really mm-hmm. like the guitar solo in this. I think it's really tasteful and it doesn't outstay its welcome. And it just, the actual sound of it is. Hi, everyone. I'm Rick Beato. Thanks, Rick. It's just a great, great guitar tone. Final pre-chorus, it goes a little bit Genesis. Like a ooh, little bit. Um, you know, but like their pop years, definitely not their prog years. I do just years. want to point out that I'm going to see Genesis tomorrow. Yes. And I really wanted to go with you. I was <laughs> like, like, I've been trying to convince Chloe, like, we could just not go to our friend's birthday that we've booked all this stuff for. And instead, go and see Genesis. Have you found anyone to go with you? Yes. Top. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. But anyway, anyway, you're going to see what? Woman in Black tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Nice. should be good. Nice. Is it as good as the one with D-Rad in it, though? That's the question. Well, I've seen another, I've seen another stage show of it a while ago, and that was much better, I thought. But I actually quite liked the film with Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. D-Rad. Oh, D-Rad. Is that what we're calling him now? Well, yeah, talk about someone trying to shake their uh, their youthful image. Mm. Uh, he's done some good stuff. Guns of Kimbo is a great film. Final chorus, as I said, so it goes into big horns with their cool line that goes over the top. The drums go absolutely nuts and... Could you believe it? It's a fade out. I don't believe it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, man, what a tune. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My notes are, uh, okay, now I'm listening. <laughs> um, obviously, climate change and the chorus is fun, with obviously Kelly Jones doing a cameo in the pre-chorus. Life is hard enough without goodbyes. Filthy guitar opening riff. Love it. Very um, Pink Floyd thing going on on this one. Yeah, it's so good. This is possibly the first instance with the bass tone. I'm a little bit like, eh, I'm not too sure on the bass tone. It's not necessarily bad. It's just personally, if if I had been doing this record, if I'd been making it, I'd have gone to something with a bit more clarity on the tone, but I didn't. So who is the bass player? Is it Meryl? It might be Jay. Let me just double check. Meryl played the bass. There we go. Your boy. My boy. Oh, when you go to the Wikipedia page, members, Meryl and Jay Osmond, past members, Alan, Wayne, Donnie and Jimmy Osmond. (laughs) Yeah, so I think if you go to see the Osmonds now, it's just a 
to be fair, I think Meryl and Jay are like the the main songwriting force behind yeah. this sort of thing anyway. So it's not, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's tasty blues licks towards the end. Yep. Life is A bit of schwangage. No, towards <laughs> the end of the first chorus, I should I should say, and then throughout the second verse, they come in. Any guess on how you think this song might end, Stefan? Spontaneous combustion of the drummer. Uh, correct, um, but it happened after the fade out, so it doesn't count. Damn, damn. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I've got great riff and groove, and the vocals are really strong on this track. Yeah. All right, let's move it along, people. We're we're at the back end of the album now. If, yeah. <laughs> Things are moving quick. Well, we've spent too much time talking too much shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but with uh, again with the magic of post production, it'll be slightly less time talking slightly less shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, track nine. Hey, Mister Taxi. I think I can hear Bruce doing accounting way in the background. Can you? Uh, at the beginning of this. Perfect. But uh, I don't know if you noticed that at the beginning. It's very quiet in the background. You can hear someone shouting in the Bruce Springsteen style Okay. Um, doing a little counting. Very nice. They're doing the guitar lead harmony thing again, which is cool. The bass mm-hmm. is doing, it's just vamping away in the background. Yep. Very cool. Fuzzed out guitar, doing a little drone underneath, kind of doubling up with the bass, which is uh, making it all sound big and fat. Possibly something else, but uh, that's what I think it is. And uh, I mean, it's kind of once again, it's slow paced, heavy guitars, but the vocals are just a bit crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, this is definitely an album filler track, you know. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It's not their best work. It's not their best work. That's why it's buried into the back end, but hmm. very Beatles. I've obviously got a lot of. Hey everyone, I'm Rick Beato. Guitar tone talk. Um, mm. The solo is great, and the vocals are pretty good as well. Again, if there's one thing you can't knock them for, is their vocals. The actual performance, yes. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. lyrics, yeah, no rubbish. But the actual yeah. vocal, the, the singing of the bad lyrics is, yeah, you know, flawless. Exactly what it needs to be, where it needs to be, which is fair enough. Blasting through them, 
Track go. 10, that's my girl. I actually don't have any notes for this one. I, I made a boo-boo and I didn't save my notes. Fine, I can go into pole position. Right. Piano sounds great. Wall of sound does not. Like you've always known Track done. That's, that's fair. The drums do sound pretty good, though, on this one, if I remember rightly. I think it's got more of that sort of Beatles drum sound to it again. Right. But I know what you mean. This one kind of goes into that big orchestral, full-on... Yeah. ...sort of thing, and it sounds fine. Too much. But as you say, much. it is... Much like many records of the era, yeah, it's too much. That's my girl. That's my girl. Right, Julie. Track 11. Technically, this isn't the last song on the album, but this is the last song on the album. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that in a moment. Now, I've been trying to think of what this sounds like to me, and I've not been able to put my finger on it, so I'm hoping you'll be able to help. No, I've just got one note that the bass is really busy. So therefore, busy bass, it must be Muse. <laughs> and if it must be Muse, then you know it's got to be... I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a good one. I think it's the beginning kind of reminds me of like a really poor version of Guns N' Roses' Live and Let Die. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I think that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, this is a fun song. You know, it's upbeat. It's got like that. You can bob along to it. It's just another kind of classic rock and roll style thing, really, isn't it? But it's still got that very Osmond's horn section thing going on. It's fine. And now, the big finish. Track 12, big finish. Do you like Looney Tunes? <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> right, so I wrote this, I miswrote this by accident. And I spelled it L-O-O-N-E-Y-T-U-N-E-S. Oh, oh Looney I love it. Tunes. I love it. That's so good. Yeah. Show us your tunes, devil. 
Yeah, it's basically the Looney Tunes outro. Like, blah, 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 that that's all, <laughs> folks. And you intercut with the the previous mentioned previewbescent Donny Osmond song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just cuts back into it again. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like the humor of it. I think this is possibly one of the best endings. Yeah, maybe. It's like, you know what? Yeah. I mean, what are they yeah. trying to say with it? That's the question. That's the end of the album. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a comment, Jake. It's a comment. It's like, you you know. hear that, you know it's the end. They it's feel like... like cartoons because they're bound by their label. Oh, we should do a cartoons album. That's a shout. Did they even have an album? I don't know. The cartoons? I don't you know. Remember them? No. Their song was um, Ooh, Ee, Ooh, Ah, uh, Ah, uh, Ting, Tang, Walla, Walla, Bing, Pang. Oh, I know that song. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. that one. They they had other songs apparently. Right. Um, yeah. Big finish. I really enjoy it. <laughs> I, I, I say I just think it's a really just a fun way to end an album. It's just like you know, and just calling it big finish as well. It's like should we come up with a clever name? No. <laughs> all I all I got was surprise, mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was expecting like this big grand finale. I remember like yeah. when I first listening through these last tracks, I was just kind of going through them very quickly just to, um, you know, make an initial sort of assessment of everything. I put that on, I was like, what? Yeah, what? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. At first I thought it was going to go into something and then I clocked it, it was only 20 seconds long. I was like, uh, oh, right, oh, no, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, um, well... Time for our big finish. Yeah, time for our big finish. Um, question time. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Sorry, sorry. I want them answered immediately. Okay. That was a bit of Arnie for you there, for your charge. Plug, 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 plug. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, we'd, um, we, we did End of Days recently. Yeah. A lot better than the score would suggest. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was yeah. awful, but it, was, it wasn't awful. It's not like... It's definitely not his worst film, second worst film. I thought it was like watchable, you know, in a good way. Yeah. Without losing too much cred, I thought it was watchable or as watchable as the new Spider-Man. At no point did I think, oh, God, why? This is a, this is a struggle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and we've watched films before where it's been like, oh, yeah. Oh, just turn this off. This is awful. Yeah. My biggest film disappointment was, uh, and one where I did have to turn it off after about 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes, had so much potential. It was called Motocross Zombies from Hell. <sighs> and it was just unwatchable crap. Yeah. It's like, a name like that, you think, oh my God, this is going to be like some Nicolas Cage level. Do you, kind though? Of. Do you? I, I hear that name and I go, I bet it's shocking, Dad. Yeah, but but shockingly bad, but in a way that's entertaining. Yeah, you know? true. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, are you going to go see his new film? I probably won't see it at cinema, but I will. Definitely watch, watch it. it. I'm quite keen yeah. for that, yeah. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry, right. favourite track? I'm torn because I do like You'll Be a Woman Soon, Girl, <laughs> but also Hold Her Tight, I think, is just uh, great. It's a fantastic, yeah, fantastic and intro. I that's really fair. didn't want to say Crazy Horses. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I mean, because the correct answer is obviously Crazy Horses. Well, yeah, obviously. If, if that wasn't on the album. <laughs> well, in fact, you can see it, right? 
Dave track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got crazy horses <laughs> crossed out. And I did that about five minutes before we started recording. Yeah, I've also left it blank because I did originally write crazy horses. I can't just put crazy horses. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's too... Um, yeah. So, so which, one, which one are you going to go for? I will go for hold her tight. Well, I was kind of in a similar boat to you. So as you've gone for hold her tight, I'm going to go with girl because um, it's a great song. Yeah, you'll be a woman soon. Yeah, yeah. Who would you get to cover what? I want specifically, and this would have been around about the same time actually, Devil Woman era Cliff Richard <laughs> to cover. I love it. I don't just want Cliff to. I want this specific. Yeah, I don't want old era. man Cliff on the motorbike trying to look really young, but in making himself look way too old. And I would like him to cover. Let's go, Utah. Utah. Cliff Richard yeah, can, in the I shadows, can see maybe. Cliff doing that. Yeah. Um, I want to see Slayer doing "Hold Her Tight." Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Okay. I just, I just think that'd be really cool. Uh, <laughs> nice. Similar album. You're gonna hate me. Right. You're gonna hate me big time. In the interest of someone that was kind of bubblegummy mm-hmm. and tried to shift towards a harder image. Are you going to say Scott Walker? Are you going to say Scott Free? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Because he, he was a teen teen idol. No, I know, I know, but that would be too genuine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's poppy and I disagree. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's that it's that idea of like musically, it's actually it's really good. You know, musically, mm. this album isn't actually as bad as the lyrics suggest that it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good good to listen to. Well, that's mm. that's fair. I'm going to give this album far more props than, than it has any right to have, mm. um, and say the similar album of Zeppelin Two. Oh wow! Yeah, I went there. Wow. Don't at me. I, I won't read it. Don't know how Twitter works, so I don't. I don't just don't at me. Uh, <laughs> but wow. You can if you want, but yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm just. I'm just shocked. Well, it was just going to be. I was kind of torn between a Zeppelin album or a Deep Purple album, and uh, I went Zeppelin. So is this going into your top ten or uh, or no? No, no. I feel bad because I keep. I think last couple I've uh, I've not put in for yours. Oh, that's that's fine. I've, I've I've not put anything into the top ten for a while. I don't think. Yeah, I think my thing is like I don't want to be seen as just like a hater because it's the Osmonds, like you say. Mm. But I just I I just can't get over the insincerity of the lyrics. You know. Crazy mm. Horses shows me a glimpse. They can do it. They can actually be sincere and write a decent like rock song that's not a teeny bopper lyric. Mm. But yeah. 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 Fair enough. I am going to put it into my top 10. And I'll tell you for why. It's because I've been listening to this like at the gym <laughs> nonstop. It's like, it's just a really good album to put on while you write. It's kind of like... You just skip the slow tempo rubbish one that you skipped to go into Crazy Horses. And then the rest of it's actually pretty good for, you know, jogging along to. So the question is, where are you putting it, though? 
well, it's high because I actually quite enjoy listening to it. So um, it's going in at number five. Wow. So you're going to take out 17 seconds. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. I also reckon that Donny Osmond could take Robert Smith in a fight. I'm just saying. I don't know. Robert, Robert Smith's got the power of goth. You know. He does have the power of goth. That is absolutely true. But what you've got to remember is that um, Donny Osmond face is, more, is like hard like plastic. He's more machine than man. Yeah, exactly. So. Donny Osmond, astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> we have the technology. We cannot rebuild him. Yeah. Oh, and um, well, the final question. Is Crazy Horses by the Osmonds a sound purchase? No. Not for me. No. Um, no. Oh. It's the lyrics for me. It's The music is pretty good. And i got to say, I was really surprised with this album. I didn't expect it to be half as good as it has any right to be. And it's just the sincerity of the lyrics. There is... Yeah, it completely takes me out of the zone. That's fair. I am going to say yes, obviously, because I put it in my top five. Another big thing was after listening to it, it kind of inspired me to pick up my guitar and um, just do some gainy kind of classic rock stuff. Nice. Because normally I just like, right, rack on the DL4 into the other delay, into the big reverb, and just just do some big, spacey, ambient stuff. I was like, no, fuck that. (laughs) Let's do some classic sort of... uh, Rock and roll stuff. So I've been having some fun with that. Nice. And, and I think if an album gets you to do something like that, regardless of you know, lyrical content, if it inspires you to pick, a, pick up your instrument and do something with it, then that is an album that's worth buying. Oh, absolutely. And if it doesn't do that, then it's not an album that's worth buying. No. <laughs> but no, no, that's not, that's not strictly true. I mean, you know, 36 Chambers doesn't make me want to pick up my instrument and play, but it's still yeah. an album worth buying, you know. I, I don't think I will listen to this album ever again. No, that's fair. That's no, that's no slight it, to it. It's purely just the lyrics. No, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. It's absolutely fair. Right, well, there's only one thing left, really. Would a coward do this? Bye! Okay, I am Stefan, and this was A Sound Purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. This episode was proudly produced by Robbie Mortimer. You can show your appreciation for this episode when you like us, review us, share us, and subscribe to us. Each engagement makes this effort all the more worthwhile, and the best way to grow this podcast is by word of mouth. Support is appreciated. Check the show notes and up-to-date top tens list and other musings at asoundpurchase.com. You can engage with us on social media under the handle Sound Purchase Pod. You can support us by getting yourself a Sound Purchase t-shirt, hoodie, or mug by going to asoundpurchase.com forward slash shop. Other episodes of A Sound Purchase are available at all of your favorite podcast platforms. Why not subscribe to be a friend of the show? where you'll gain access to a hidden corridor of our website that contains exclusive blog posts, the Hall of Top Tens, special Friends of the Show merchandise options, and a series of bonus pods. Subscribe now at asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S. If you've enjoyed the sounds during today's episode, 
visit your local record store and pick up a copy of the record. Support your local businesses and artists. So what you're saying is you are the best version of Bill Nye. <laughs> <laughs>